You're listening to DraftKings Network. Folks, Mother's Day is around the corner, and let me talk to you about 1-800-Flowers. I can't wait. Every year, it's a tradition. I send stuff to my mother, my mother-in-law, and my wife because they are three amazing moms. They're better than all your moms out there. You think you have good moms? No, I have good moms in my life. I'm just kidding. This was a little harsh. I'm sure you guys all have good moms too. From your mom to the mother of your children and all the moms in between, this Mother's Day, give back to the ones that have given you everything. 1-800-Flowers helps you celebrate all amazing moms from homemade bouquets, sweet treats, gourmet food, and one-of-a-kind gifts ordered easily and delivered fresh. For a limited time, you can save up to 40% off Mother's Day bestsellers at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Don't wait. Order today and save up to 40% at 1-800-Flowers.com slash Dan. Now's a good time to remember where the story of tequila started. In 1795, the first tequila distillery was opened by the Cuervo family. And 229 years later, Cuervo is still going strong. Family-owned from the start, same family, same land. Now's a good time to enjoy Cuervo, the tequila that invented tequila. Go to Cuervo.com to shop tequila or visit a store near you. Cuervo, now's a good time. Trademarks owned by Beckley. SAB the CV. Copyright 2024. Proximo. Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Big Suey, presented by DraftKings. Why are you listening to this show? The podcast that seems very similar to the other Dan Lebetard podcast. I'm sorry, I'm not going to apologize for that. <laughs> in fact, the only difference seems to be this imaging. I have been tempted in restaurants just walking past tables to grab somebody's fries that if they're just there. That hasn't happened to you guys? I've done it. And now, here's the marching man to nowhere, fat face, and the habitual liar. Today's episode is sponsored by DraftKings. Stay tuned because you'll hear more about DraftKings and all it has to offer throughout the show. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Something that we talked about yesterday that we skipped right past, and I didn't expect to then see Johnny Manziel talking to Shannon Sharp about it later in the day. Uh, I don't know how we stumbled upon it. It was not the Jimmy Garoppolo story that largely gets ignored. He's got a two-game suspension for uh, for prescribed medication. Uh, that is being uh, described as a performance enhancer. And we yesterday just sort I said flippantly, cocaine has to be a performance enhancer for a singular oh, game, right? You, know, you, you brought that up when we were talking about Maradona. Okay, cocaine. yeah. For a single game, I would think cocaine is a performance enhancer. But we have some Johnny Manziel sound, and I had never heard it put quite this way. Johnny Manziel is talking to Shannon Sharp, who's doing a good job of uh, – of getting good guests and just giving them the great deal of room that people want to hear from them. And Johnny Manziel gave up more in this interview. He was making the rounds during the selling of his documentary, but he hadn't put anything quite like this. And it was on the follow-up from Shannon where he's asking him how before football season he goes from 210 pounds to 170 pounds. I was 210 pounds when I left Cleveland. I was 170 pounds sitting in Vegas 
that August, that September, October, whatever it was later in that year. 40? How you lose 40 pounds? You're on a strict diet of blow. <laughs> and that's what it felt like when he was in Vegas. I feel like a lot of people were watching that and seeing all the spiraling in it. But uh, I would say, and I, I ask people, I'm not obviously a cocaine user. I'm scared of ever even trying cocaine because I have some addictive impulses. And I know myself well enough to know that that would be a particular kind of horror to be addicted to cocaine. And Expensive, over, too. Over time. Thank you, Tony. <laughs> I've been told. Over time, it is in no way a performance. Think about all the money that you're saving on food. <laughs> yeah, that's right. At, especially me. At Lebetard Show, put it on the poll, is cocaine a performance enhancer for a single game? Yes or no? What are your thoughts there, I mean? My thoughts are no, man, because your brain's going at 100 miles an hour. Although it could be a performance enhancer in terms of, like, quick Weight loss, like he's no, but about? what about? I mean, if you talk about like, Jesus what if people take focused? Adderall for focus? Uh, if people, uh, I, I mean, Ocho, Ocho, you mentioned Ocho Cinco, he said he used Viagra as a performance okay. enhancer because of how, how, how much clarity it seemed to give him. I, does that no, that, does, I, I does didn't believe him when he said on. that. Okay, that? I don't know whether let's, I believe let's him do or a not. Quick Google search, real quick I'm about to cocaine start as a pre workout, colon, in extreme danger. Hmm. Yeah, I'm glad yeah, someone's doing that? the response. Who wrote that, thing. though, nerd? Also, if the blood is not going to <laughs> your... substance favorite. abuse treatment clinic. <laughs> that nerd. How is, it, how is it making you more clear-headed? Like, it's, you're getting less blood flow to the brain. I mean, all I'm, it to the other head. all I'm thinking about is clarity about one thing at that point. But let yeah, me, but post that. Let me, you know. yeah, oh, that's true. No, here, here's a question for you guys, though, right? Have any of you ever done Adderall? I've done no. a half an Adderall once, and I told myself I never again. The anxiety crash that I had afterwards took me weeks to recover from. I've done Adderall one time. It's the most hilarious story ever. I was trying. This is during the pandemic. Like I'm trying to write, and I'm I'm like not focused enough, right? And so my buddy says, "You've tried Adderall." I'm like, "No." I was like, "Oh no, you got to do it. It's it, it'll you know lock you in. You'll be all focused." All right, cool. So I'm sitting down. I'm about to write, and I'm like, I'm feeling kind of unfocused. Oh, you know what? Let me try this Adderall. So I pop it, and then I'm waiting for it to kick in. And I'm like, while I'm waiting, I might as well order lunch. So I start saying, you know, going through Uber Eats, and I'm like, oh, Chick-fil-A. I haven't had Chick-fil-A in a while. I'll get some Chick-fil-A. So then I'm like, wait a second. Is it faster for me to go pick it up or order it? And I'm like, you know, I'll just go pick it up. Then I was like, is the Chick-fil-A, I want, I'm pretty, pretty hungry. I want nuggets, but I also want the sandwich. Is it cheaper to get the sandwich meal with the nuggets on the side or yes. the nuggets meal with the sandwich on the side? And I'm doing all of these calculations in my head, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's the Adderall. <laughs> it's the Adderall. It's making me do this. I, it took me to this crazy, crazy next level of just mental acuity. You know what the downside was? Didn't write a word. I could not. <laughs> so, not so just, just to be clear, the yes. performance was enhanced in this regard when it came to you and Adderall. You went down to write something and instead ordered a sandwich. The, it gave me the wrong kind of performance enhancement. He had to figure out if the sandwich and nuggets combo was cheaper or the nuggets and sandwich combo was cheaper. It's too, too, totally what is that movie things. about a pill with Bradley Cooper? Limitless. I thought it was going to be. Phobe. I'm sorry? Limitless? Look. Come on, man. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Pupil starts to dilate or you know constrict and everything. Oh man, I, I like that movie. Put I it on the too. poll. Did you like the movie Limitless? Um, so I I don't really have a lot of personal experience doing Adderall, but I was recently having a conversation with Lehman about caffeine before a workout because everyone knows I really really like 
espresso, which has a lot of caffeine in it. And I tend to take an espresso shot before I go to Pilates class. And I was asking him if he thought that that was dangerous for my heart because it makes your heart beat faster. It kind of makes your mind race a little bit. And then I realized at Pilates, like every single woman in my class is drinking a Celsius while they're there. So I feel like one shot of espresso is not that bad, right? (laughs) Uh, Lucy, uh, can you tell me what Nick Saban's comments here were recently about running the entire sport, about being ready. Transition. I thought was he, was he talking about to, cocaine? I thought Nick Saban's on coke. Good Lord. Is he on Adderall? I, uh, I, saw that, uh, I saw that Lucy saw the way that Jessica was talking and wanted a part of the microphone. And so I wanted to include Well, she her. did the Dan Campbell caffeine thing once. So, Lucy, tell us how that was. Did you work out afterwards? Oh, that went so bad. I could not work out afterwards. That was maybe the worst day of my life. <laughs> Just an absolute terrible idea. And I didn't even do the full Dan Campbell, like, double Starbucks drinks. I did, like, a more mild version of it because I'm a lot smaller than Dan yeah. Campbell. I was like halfway through the second drink and I was like I am gonna die like I'm gonna die and I was posting updates on TikTok and I had a doctor reach out and we're like girl you gotta stop doing this like this is a really really bad idea and then I pretty much just shit my pants and it was a <laughs> terrible day dude that's like the first time I had a vodka Red Bull I didn't know I didn't know Red Bull had caffeine in it so I was doing vodka Red Bulls it was an open bar I'm like this drink is amazing and when I got back to my hotel room I literally just sat there and vibrated my entire body oh, was yeah. just shivering with hey, my yo. eyes wide open i was like but i'm so tired i want to go to sleep yeah i was like curled up on the bathroom floor and it was like 2021 2022 like covid was so yeah. pretty prevalent in la and i was like i need to go to the hospital i feel so bad but i cannot with a straight face be like hey guys i'm here because i wanted to do a funny little tiktok video i was like i'd rather die than face the embarrassment of that so i sat there and then i went to a friend's house and i told her everything that happened and we were supposed to go on a hike she was like girl a hike. I know. Bad call. We did not go on a hike. It was a really tough day. I do not recommend trying the Dan Campbell coffee challenge. Dan, to answer your question, ultimately, I think if you're an experienced cocaine user, it's a performance enhancing drug. If it's something that you're a novice to, you it takes you a while to understand how your body reacts to these stimulants. So in the case of Diego Maradona, that's kind of like drinking water for him. So him using that gives him that edge that he can kind of keep going. It's like a marathon runner, instead of drinking water as they give it to you, <laughs> smack yep. a little, you know, you know what, and then you keep going. Um, I like his explanation. Do not take Did you want the answer? Or no, that's the, the answer. Show, please. <laughs> the, the, I did see video, I don't know, what was the documentary I was watching about Maradona, uh, that there were, there is video of him doing, somebody on the field running onto the oh. field and giving it to him, him using it during a game, like just on the middle, he's a starter, it's not even on, on the sideline. That's the Maradona documentary, the excellent Maradona documentary, one of the best sports documentaries ever. Uh, I know we were talking yesterday about the Last Dance, like it's not a documentary, it's a commercial. Like the Maradona documentary is a documentary. You should watch it for sure. Also, it'll solidify how he is the greatest Argentine player ever. The, Wasn't it an all-star game that he did it in? Like where they ran onto the field and gave him the bag of Coke? I think an it was equipment an game. person brought it to him and he just snorted it during the game. game. Uh, you mentioned excellent documentaries. Uh, the Rock is now doing one with Ric Flair, and I thought Ric Flair had already been done correctly. It's on Netflix. Is it a is it's it a, a thirty for thirty? And this is a biopic. All right, uh, so that's different. Yeah, no one's actually. How do you, <laughs> how do you try to replicate Ric Flair's natural charisma on on the screen? Because what you're going to be compared to is so out there. I think I watched the Iron Claw and I really liked it. I thought A24 did it. It's 
it's hard to like that movie because it's really tragic. If you're familiar with the story of the Von Erichs, it's it's a bit of a bummer to watch. But they have the movie's almost entirely ruined because they just did such a poor casting of Ric Flair. They should have cut it out of the entire movie. Would they cast a black guy? That would be better. That would be pretty good. It would be. It would. It would actually like in terms of like what Ric Flair was going for with charisma, probably would have been a lot better than what they ended up landing on, which was terrible. Like Whoa. you have this wet blanket of a Ric Flair just going through a famous promo, and the entire time you're just comparing it to if you're familiar with the source material. Who's not familiar with Ric Flair? He's one of the most recognizable people on the planet. You're. you're you're forced to say this pales in comparison to the real thing. Is Ric Flair one of the most recognizable people on the planet? Put that on the poll at Lebetard Show. His life is unrelentingly interesting. I mean, struck by lightning, uh, plane crash, and what you made me think of it when you said, well, are they going to do the real story? Because the real story is dirty. The real story will... The, the real story, you will find out stuff you do not want to know. Said, executive produced by The Rock. Hell no, it's not going to be the real story. What are you talking about? <laughs> you think The Rock is going to do a biopic about a fellow wrestler. But why, do, but why do the story about Ric Flair unless you're going to do it honestly? The best version of that story is the honest one. Money, lots and lots of money. I, I, I don't think it. Like the, the one thing in Ric Flair's past is the plane ride from hell where... Uh, according to first-hand accounts, he walked. They they were on a tarmac for <laughs> uh, twelve hours with an open bar. They went through several crates of alcohol there, and at one point in the flight, he got up, put on his robe, and only wore his robe, and essentially did meat spins in front of flight attendants. He's he talked some about that, yeah, but that's like the controversy in his past. Meat spins. I'm I'm just sure there. I'm sure there's more controversy than that. If you were coming up in the '80s in wrestling, like I, I can understand. Dan, I'm a bit of a student of the game. Like when it comes to Ric Flair, that is about the worst controversy there is from him, and I, I don't think that they would have trouble like touching on that. No. I probably should should have used a different word. Yeah, I don't want to be touching on the meat spins. I think all of wrestling has a, a, a pretty big public reckoning, and they kind of dipped their toes into it when the Me Too stuff was going on. There was a, a wrestling version of Me Too, but a lot of open secrets, a lot of people, that, a lot of rumors, innuendos, and whispers never really quite bubbled to the surface. And I think the Vince McMahon stuff is now acting as an on-ramp for a lot of these really brutal stories, covered up rapes, uh, just terrible stuff that's now like getting the, the proper amount of attention. We were so close to getting that Nick Saban information from Lucy. We were right there. How much coke does he do, Lucy? <laughs> Stugout here for my friends over at Simply Safe. When you travel, do concerns back home nag you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? That's why I recommend investing in Simply Safe Home Security today for award winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. I've had Simply Safe in my home for many years now. The peace of mind it gives me, especially during the summertime when I'm all over the place, is incredible because I know the things I care about, the things I value back home. I can always keep an eye on it using Simply Safe's indoor and outdoor cameras. So do me a favor before you head out on your next vacation, make sure to protect your whole home with Simply Safe's variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, plus add sensors to detect break ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, no contracts to worry about, and a 60 day money back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. So right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with Fast Protect 
monitoring at simplysafe.com slash DLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Don Lebatard. Many of you, by the way, are writing in and you're saying, Dan, quit being so mean to co-hosts that you always deem incompetent. That's the formula, man. Me being mean to the co-host is what allows Stugatz to take a very wealthy vacation right now. Stugatz. It's a winning position for everyone but me. Have you guys not figured this out yet? That's the whole thing is me being rotten straight, man. As everyone else gets to be incompetent, then I yell at them for being incompetent. And here's the miracle of it. It's the magic elixir. Bad, which is the only thing Greg Cody can be, becomes good and lovable. And it's because standing next to obnoxious, strident me makes everyone look that way. Yeah, and the brush with death helped. Yeah, that was planned by me. The whole thing was contrived. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugats. Lucy, I want those Saban takes. And I want yesterday's Love is Blind takes, too. I want both of them. You don't seem like you're yourself today because uh, you you feel uh, like you're saturated in whatever gross thing you did yesterday with Love is Blind. And uh, you don't seem like you're quite as uh, energetic, champagne bottle opening effervescent as you usually are. Yeah, I lost a ton of brain cells yesterday. So we wanted to talk about Love is Blind this week. Everyone has been talking about it out there in the main area. I was getting serious FOMO. I was like, all right, fine. You know what? I will sit down. I will contribute. I will work hard. So yesterday, left work, went home. I logged into Netflix. By the way, got kicked off my dad's Netflix. That's rude. They caught me. They were like, girl, you do not live in North Carolina, and we can tell. So I had to pay for Netflix. Do you know it has ads now? It has ads? (laughs) What the heck? So yesterday, you're saying this is work, to watch Love is Blind. You you went and bought Netflix? Did you charge the company for the work? Can I? I don't know how that works. Yeah, okay, so I'm going to do that. You guys owe me $7.21 now. So I said, all right, I'm going to sit. I'm going to watch Love is Blind. I'm going to contribute. Six hours later, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't function. My brain is rotted. Those episodes are so long. They're like an hour long. And I think I kind of understand what happens. I don't really want any of them to find love is how I left that show. I was like, I don't really, I'm not rooting for any of your happiness actively. Love shows are always popular, are they not? All of these things. Love is Blind is hugely popular on Netflix. Anything that is people seeking love or dating, all of these things are gold mines, correct? Am I like guilty pleasures of The Bachelor? I like that show. I, I don't really root for love on there either, but I like it. This... It's, I love the like social experiment aspect yeah, of it, of like love is blind. No, it's not. It is so not blind, and we learn that every year. And so it's basically like, do you know the premise of it? I do not. Okay, so basically they take these people, and this group of people was from Charlotte. So they all go, and they are in these like pod rooms where they're talking to one another, but they cannot see each other. And so basically you go in the pod room, and you go on these dates with different people, and then like to get out of the pod room, you have to like get engaged to somebody who you've never seen before. So you get engaged... Is that how it works? It's, it, there's like a there's like a two week span where they're dating, right? So you, there's like fourteen men, fourteen two women. Two weeks? Yeah. So they're. I thought they, it was like three days. It might be more, but never I, seeing each other. Never seeing each never other. So they live in other. separate quarters, but they go to these rooms. So imagine a room like this, but the the glass is tempered and you can't see through it. So you're having conversations and quote unquote dating people through the glass. And trying to figure out, hey, am I compatible? With this is person? love Do blind? I like this Do I need right. to see a human being? I don't need being. to see the person to fall in love with them. 
And spoiler alert, everybody falls in love. It feels a bit of like a Stockholm experiment, but we'll get we'll get to that in a separate time. But in a separate time, at a separate time. Nope, we're also, also going to get there serpentine. A, a little bit, especially the if I'm telling the story. The experiment aspect of it, I agree with Lucy, is the intriguing part because you're speed dating strangers that you can't see, essentially. Yeah. And the promise is that if you fall in love with someone, you will get engaged and then get married at, by the end of the series, which right. is maybe like a month time it's period-ish, like six weeks. Ish, six yeah. weeks. And then at the altar... You will say I do or not say I do, yeah. and that is the series finale yeah. of every of every season. Is you find out like basically people get left at the altar every single season of this show. So you Tough. go into the pods, right? And then from the pods you get engaged, and then they take all the engaged couples. There's a lot of couples that don't make it on the show, by the way, yeah. which is and they just like don't talk about. They them just don't again. talk about them whatsoever. All these random people in the room, and you're like, should I know who that is? They just take they the best stories, right? Correct. They take the best twenty percent of the stories and the best bad stories that's right the none most of them are really that great yeah so they take them from the pods then they take them to usually a kind of honeymoon of sorts prior to getting out into the real world so this time they took them to the dominican republic usually they take them to mexico so they have this like week of oh my god we're in love it's the honeymoon everything is so great and then you start finding out oh wait you kind of brush your teeth weird oh wait a second you kind of chew with your mouth open i don't like that so they start kind of picking apart the certain things of now that they're in person with each other they start figuring out. So from there, then they take them back to their home city and now they start living with each other, right? For like another two weeks until the wedding. So they start meeting the families, they start meeting friends, and then you start finding little things out because the whole thing is there's love triangles everywhere, right, Dan? So in this particular season, Jimmy and Chelsea- The worst. Sucks. 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 The worst, okay? So Jimmy is in a love triangle with Jess, not that one, with Jess and with Chelsea. Jess has a 10-year-old daughter. Jimmy didn't like that. Chelsea is more, she's a flight that attendant. That didn't come up in their conversation. No, it did, which is oh, what kind of turned him off. And he's like, oh, I don't know. And then he goes to the next date, which is literally like five minutes later, to Chelsea, tells her he loves her, proposes to her, and they're off, running, off and running, right? So there's a love triangle now where Jess is, like Lucy said, conventionally attractive, Right? She's a very, like, she's she, like, very, her words on mine. she's a hottie. She's, yeah, she's very, like, TikTok attractive. She's a very beautiful woman. Chelsea is also beautiful, but Jess would be considered more traditionally attractive than Chelsea is. Chelsea also had this little bit of an incident where she, he was like, What do you look like? And she was like, I've been told I look like MGK's girlfriend, who is Megan Fox. Like, <laughs> that's Machine Gun Skippy's inspired. Yeah, you I know, know, I okay. saw that trending. I saw that whole thing yeah. of, of now a lot of people making fun of who doesn't look very much like Megan Fox. Yeah. And yeah. so. They didn't really look alike. He, when she was like, oh, yeah, that's what people tell me I look like. He was like, I would marry you right now. Like, he legit that's said that. That's the point right there. Because love is so blind. Because right. love is so blind. At that point, Dan, he just, in his mind, he's like, oh, I'm good. Like, whatever happens with the chick with the 10-year-old, doesn't matter. I got Megan Fox waiting on the other side. I'm all right. And then he ends up choosing it's her. The show, does the show end very often with something that feels like love being found and enduring? Or is it all just watching the deterioration of love episode after episode? Has Bingo. there ever been a TV show where it feels like they're leaving with love? I mean, The, the Bachelor does have a couple of success stories in their history, do they not? It's been 30 years. they got like four people that are still married. Like, oh, I recently read that the only couple that is still together from season one of Love is Blind, which came out in 2020, which I believe is why the show kind of latched on to 
people because there was not a lot out, like we talked about yesterday. One of the only couples that is still dating from the sh- or still married from the show is now in couples therapy. I read that yesterday. I was very sad. I want to ask you, Lucy, if you feel at the end of, did you say six hours of Love is Blind? Yeah, dude. Those episodes are so long. I only watched six episodes. Do you feel the way the rest of us tend to feel at the end of Sunday night when we haven't moved from the couch after watching too much football for 10 straight hours? The end, because nobody, no matter, even the most diehard of football fan does not feel great at the end of Sunday night, correct? Speak speak for yourself. When I lived in L. LA and I did my college football Saturdays, which was wake up at 8.30 in the morning, watch Rutgers Northwestern at 9 a.m., and then sit there till like 10, 11 p.m., finish Pac-12 after dark and go hang out with my friends. That I felt electric. I had never felt better ever. My That's step different. count was in the hundreds. That's different, though, because Saturday you have the Sunday to recover. Yeah. The- I had to work on Sundays at my last job, so no. Boom, got your ass. You really did get you my really ass. You really got your, it. Your young person stamina is a sight to behold. You are the one who can handle an overdose of football. Dan, she's young. Yes, she still likes sports. I can. Yeah. can I, five more years in the business. I, I believe that uh, the more you love the sport, the more Sunday night hurts because you have to wait another week to get that particular uh, infusion of the, the, ten, the 10 1 o'clock games. Dan, I know that you feel this too. So when you're done with those games, then you're you know, like, should I take a shower before the Sunday night game or not? Because you only got that 20-minute window, and then usually we do Sunday night live. So like, Get I rid of that Mike Ryan inner thigh smell. Right. So like, I don't know if I have the time because then I do the show, and then I've I got to go straight it. to Sunday night football. So when Sunday night football is done and we finish watching Rams Seahawks and it's like, ooh, it was a barn burner 1310, I'm, I'm usually finding myself in the shower with the water hitting me and like kind of one hand like this, like leaning on the shower like that. And just letting the water hit me and just being like, I did nothing today. My <laughs> wife hates me. <laughs> I think there's an element of shame. You're saying it's about loving sports late in your life. I think the more you love sports, the more Sunday night hurts. Because you've you've just you know you've wasted a day just with your guilty pleasure. What? Wasted a day? Seventeen of them, Dan. I disagree. I'm I'm I was pretty sad this weekend. I was pretty sad. I'm not going to lie. All-Star game didn't hit the way that I wanted it to. I needed something Sunday night. I, I miss football a lot. All right. Let me ask the audience this. You guys think I have this wrong? At Lebitard show, you feel how after 10 hours of f- football on Sunday, on Sunday night? Do you feel dirty or do you feel exhilarated? How do you want me to ask the question? Because I thought everyone felt this way at the end of NFL Sunday. You got your fix. You enjoyed it. But it was too much. It was obviously too much. It was not It was not a productive... Lucy's looking at me like I'm too super... Too much? Str- this is your whole job, Dan. You should love this. I, but I do love it while I'm watching it. I'm talking about when it's gone. I'm talking at the end of it, after it's You're talking over. talking about the crash after yeah. the sugar rush. See, I didn't get much of a crash. Like, living on the East Coast, I feel like I get less of a crash, actually, because I just go right to bed because it's so late and I'm tired and I wake up and I'm here the next day. I don't really get a crash. I usually sit, and after my college football Saturdays, and I sit there and I think about everything that I ha- that happened, and then I go listen to the shutdown full cast after dark, so then I get more college football and then I get to think about what they've said I don't know I'm having a really good time I enjoy my Saturdays with three screens Mike, you not feel good all. about yourself at the end of one of these football 10-hour binges no, but I generally don't feel good about myself ever 
Can we go back to Love is Blind We're missing for a the point. second? Jimmy sucks. Jimmy is okay, the worst. Okay, he's terrible. Uh, Lucy's only seen six of the episodes. I saw 789 last night with my wife. So there's stuff that happens in 789 that blows the top off of certain things. Certain certain relationships don't make it. I don't want I saw the previews, so I think I kind of know what's going on. I don't happen. know. I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything for those of you that haven't seen cuz it only came out yesterday. But Dan, when you're in a love triangle, it's not even a love triangle. It's a double love triangle. Yeah. Oh, okay. Trevor, we forgot about we Trevor. For, we completely Loved forgot about Trevor. Six pointed star. So, yeah. So, uh, what would that be called? Hep heptagon? Is that seven? Yeah. Whatever. Not the point. The point is, okay. So if we can draw out a diagram, uh, Lucy's gonna do it for you here. So we've got Jess, we've got Chelsea, and we've got Jimmy at one point. And we got a Trevor in here somewhere. Trevor was the only, or was the other guy that was dating Chelsea. So now we have another triangle of Jimmy, Trevor, Chelsea. Trevor is the guy who is like, everyone judges me because my muscles are so yeah, right. big. He's to the right-hand side if you're watching on YouTube. And if you could see Jimmy here to the left-hand side, a bit of like a very poor I didn't know man's, Megan Fox was on this show. Yeah, right? A very poor man's Christian McCaffrey. Like very poor man's like goodwill <laughs> Christian McCaffrey. I don't McCaffrey. see that at all. Come okay, on, now he's gonna Tim go on a dating McCaffrey. show and be like, I've been Come called on. Christian McCaffrey. And we're all gonna like, roast him. Timu, goodwill Christian McCaffrey to the left. You know, there, there's a lot of things happening. Then we need to go to the next segment. She looks know. like the millionaire matchmaker woman, does she not? I don't know what that is. Hmm. What is that? Is that Megan Fox? Girl? Ah, okay. it's Megan okay. Fox. <laughs> Don Lebatard. All of us who were watching college football elevated everything the weekend was because we missed football in general so very much. You didn't watch the ending of UTEP Jacksonville State. It was awesome. A dizzy. <laughs> Boom. Mm-hmm. Stugats. <laughs> Such a lane for you. Just everything in college football is awesome. Any single thing that happens, she gets deliriously happy about. Don't you miss sitcom. viewing sports through that, that prism, though? Like, I'm envious of Lucy. Like, I wish that I could still be happy. This is the Don Lebatar Show with the Stugats. Mean darted out to do oddball. You can catch that Tuesday through Friday with Charlotte Wilder. Uh, love his basketball stuff and his unusual stuff, and he's happy to have sat out the last segment because he has no interest whatsoever in Trevor, in Chelsea, in Love is Blind at all. The only thing I know about that show from this season is the woman who says her friends told her she looks like Megan Fox, and then I saw People the told her, not her friends, people. Uh, that well. wasn't Megan Fox. That's the segment that we just did about that. I just told uh, the behind-the-scenes folks over here that she looks more like Joe from Family Guy than yeah. she does. Nothing will ever go more viral than a million people telling a woman that she doesn't look like a hot oh. person who she said she looked like. No, I mean, I mean, there is a resemblance. But that, that's the worst part, They're right? They're white. That, that, that you walk around in life and your friends tell you something. You're like, ah, I could see it or whatever. And so what's usually would stay within your friend group and maybe a couple of people you meet along the way, now is put on display for mm -hmm. the world, and the world is ruthless and merciless. Yes, of course. The internet is ruthless, and if Stugatz was on one of these shows, he'd be telling people he looked like George Clooney. Clooney. And uh, because it's love is blind, and you've got you to gotta sell yourself. Uh, the thing that I wanted to talk to Amin about, uh, though, in terms of selling yourself, because I really do find fascinating, for reasons that many of you are probably finding off-putting because of how often I'm talking about the industry, 
But you know at this point that First Take has gone from the most uh, criticized show that ESPN had to now a real kingmaker in a space when all of these media members are creating their own content islands and businesses. The career of J.J. Reddick has been fascinating to me to watch for a number of different reasons. And keep in mind, J.J. Reddick had his choice of all the jobs he wanted in basketball. All of them. He could have been a coach if he wanted to. That seems like a nightmare compared to what he's doing. What he's doing, very smartly, using first take as a tool, is being on first take, being smarter than anyone at ESPN about basketball, and knowing that he's smarter than anyone at ESPN at, ba at basketball, and now condescending both the audience and the people with him on first take with a smugness that is unique to him because he's a Duke guy and he's known how to be hated for 25 years. And so I, I want to talk for a moment about what he did yesterday, a couple of different things that he did. One... He goes on first take, purposely using that platform the way Shannon Sharp is, grateful for it while condescending it, while mocking it, while on it, in a way that makes Stephen A. Smith turn up the argument and makes for good television, indisputably good television. J.J. Reddick's good at television. Stephen A. Smith is great at television. Yesterday on the show, J.J. Reddick pulled back the contrivance of the sports argument in, in a way that made Shannon Sharp yell at him because... Shannon Sharp saying, you got to discuss the hypothetical, and, Re and Reddick saying, I talked in the meeting about this. I don't have a place for disagreement here. I want to educate fans. I want to be smart. But you don't want the education, he says. When I put up a clip of nine straight Zion possessions, you don't want to see that. That's got 54,000 views. But when I say Doc's not accountable, 10 million views, because that's what you want. And so I'm giving the customer what they want. And what he's doing is creating the career that all of these guys are mean, who are just as competitive at 40 than they were at 20. They're all trying to win the media game, and what J.J. Redick is doing is he's now got some of the most powerful positions in sports to be smarter than others, to remind you that he's smarter than others, that he knows it, and to deal with the consequences because he's been a villain for 25 years of that wildly increasing his profile because now he's polarizing as well. He is a Duke guy through and through, and to traffic on it for profit in retirement, he's going to make more money post-career than he made during his career. I don't know about that. I'm going to check that one out. A lot of money playing playing ball, man, especially those last few years in, in Philly and stuff. That guy's going to have money. That guy, if he money. wants to work for 30 years in this business as Pat McAfee, he can do it. He's building his own brand. You guys got to pay attention to what these people are doing. You don't think Shannon Sharp's about to make more money than he did playing? Yeah. $117 million, JJ for, Ray. Dude, $117 million. And we got $50 million for Chris Cody. Well, No. Uh, he, he doesn't see it. No. He when you break it down. Yeah. Chris Cody didn't get $50 million. Man, Dan didn't get $50 million. J.J. Reddick is his own brand, our it's thing. God's got all of the $50 million. Yeah. We can walk this take back, so. I don't think you have a lot of million. He made a lot of millions. He's going to have a very successful media career. Is he going to make a hundred million dollars on this side of his career? He's just no. starting, and he's starting with one of the prime gigs in basketball. Doc Rivers wanted that gig. Like Mark Jackson was dying to get in that gig. He can coach wherever he wants. The rest of his career is going to be whatever. You can argue with me with the semantics, or you can argue with me by forty million dollars. My point is, these guys are going to be just as competitive about the money post retirement as they were before. Retirement. Of course, they're all. Comp I'm competitive about the money. I, look, we all are, aren't we? We're not, we're doing a thing here. We all competitive, Dan. But I think the interesting thing to me about JJ is JJ has been doing this the whole time. 
where he's like, he's right. He's like, I want to do this stuff. I want to sit down with Tyrese Halliburton and talk about the thing Atlanta did where they uh, vacate the left side and, and then all of a sudden you get a back screen over here by uh, a Kongu and then you get a, a wide open shot for Bogdanovich. He wants to do that talk, but you know what he discovered? The same thing I discovered when I was writing for ESPN.com. is like, nobody gives a shit. Everyone likes to complain about, all you guys do is this and that. No one ever talks about the actual basketball. But the reality is the actual basketball, and this is my theory that I've run with for damn near a decade now, what I realized is basketball is a game that is a low barrier to entry. In order to understand basketball, okay, there's two hoops. This team's trying to score that way. This team's trying to score that way. You got to dribble in order to get from one place to one other place. You, you can't pick up your dribble and then dribble again. All right, I get the rules, pretty much. So people who watch a lot of basketball think they understand basketball. I, I get it. I've been watching basketball my whole life. And the reality is they don't know what they're looking at. And so when people start to reveal to them how much stuff, you know, so many people think they don't run plays in the NBA. Like, are you insane? There's all types of plays getting run. But when we start to reveal what's getting run out there, you have one of two reactions. Either, the, well, there's one reaction. It's like, oh, man, there's so much I didn't know that's happening that I didn't realize was happening. And so there's one of two reactions. Either, wow, maybe I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Or two, man, you're full of shit, right? It's to lash out. Because the feeling of, oh, I'm stupid, I'm not smart, is not something fans want. So they watch the stuff that makes them feel smart. Kevin Durant's not a leader. I'll tell you why. When has he ever led anybody? When has he ever won? That's an argument that someone can have a counter-argument to and feel smart about. You have but, done a record number of fake voices today, I feel it's, like. It's you have done, big, you, you, no, you've done like seven or eight impersonations. The no, Murphy one was my the, favorite. The shirt is just so bad. I, you know what? I can't I take you seriously. It wasn't wrinkled on oddball. The cameras Shut in that up. room, oh, the cameras in that room, Stop way it. better. These cameras. And I saw you trying to pull your shirt down. <laughs> we all saw you. <laughs> and then you just had like the Victorian era <laughs> sleeves going. He was standing in front of the hand dryer in the bathroom for ten minutes trying to get a steam on. It didn't work. That is one of the worst shirts I've ever seen. Just a, you're totally unpresentable. But but Dan, to to my point, right? It's a sport, it's a game that people want to feel smart about because they feel like they watch it all the time. As opposed to football where we have been programmed to know, oh, this is so complicated. Spider Y, X, banana, two, zero, double, zip, blip, blip. Fans are programmed to think, okay, so I don't know as much as these guys here, but I like crashes and stuff You like look that. crazy. Put on a jacket. Have some pride. I do have we pride, We have sweatshirts. You know Just what? put I, I, something you, on. You know how I have pride? I don't find self-worth in what I'm wearing, okay. Mr. Material. You should. No. You really should consider changing your whole view on my, that. My self-worth, my internal locus of control happens around. You look totally out of control. You I'm, look like you're falling apart. No. Not it's not a good look. It's just really bad. You know what? You do the runway stuff. I'll do the meat and potatoes, right? I'll do the real analysis. You are not a serious analysis. person. You are not. The analysis even, that people crave. I'm embarrassed to look at you. Yeah. You're breaking down backdoor screens. You're breaking this, down what coaches are doing and how that, you know. This guy's talking about fashion. Impossible. You look Impossible like you do no not ball. care at all about cleaning this pool. <laughs> what? Can you, as a group, explain to me whether you think the way Nick Wright does when he talks about vanquishing his rivals? Uh, I've told you before, if you've been listening for a while, to me the victory in this is being able to do it. Like, as I got later in life, competitive became less and less important to me. You used to be competitive at this? 
uh, at newspapering. Oh, no, not newspapering. Just no, it, early this, in my This career. was born out of a competitive nature to, to prove to Hank Goldberg that he could do it <laughs> Well, I just, I wanted, no, I just wanted to have a voice opposite his on, in town because. A little bit. That's competitive. It's okay. That's competitive. That's I remember the day that we beat them in the ratings. It was a big day. That's fine. That's fine. I I'm mean, not... do you think writers don't have egos? No, no. You I, bought I... everybody at the quarter deck a, sh- a lemon drop. What? Wow. Money back. Damn. Powerline Road. Uh, to answer your question, Jess, writing, yes. This, I feel like Dan, maybe I just caught Dan at the right time, but it just feels like it's always been a labor of love. Like, let's have fun. Let's have fun. Well, because you, you say, but you say money, you were just saying for a, a second ago, we're all competitive about that. Yeah, and about when money, yeah. when I get accused correctly by the audience about talking the industry too much, it's only because I'm genuinely fascinated as people who are still coming up in it in some ways, whether you guys are interested in watching the people who are taking the most interesting paths to the pioneering routes. It is really hard to retire from your sport and make a broadcasting career. Draymond's one of the few to figure it out. I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to start building it right now so retirement's easier. And I'm fascinated by how Redick has done it. If you told me when he was in college that he'd be able to pull it off, I'd say no. He's one of the most hated people in the history of Duke basketball. Like, that's the most hated of the most hated. There's no way. It is a pretty excellent point. I'd take myself back to that time. It's... But he's doing. I don't I, think I, I've ever really no, seen anything like that in college. I told Dan that up until like 2009, if you went to a Wizards game and the opposing team was on the free throw line, they would throw up J.J. Reddick's face to make the crowd go crazy and boo. But to be now in his 40s, the dude that he was as a player, which is he's going on first take and he's insulting everybody by saying, this is beneath me. Thank you for the platform. I'll use it for the moment. But I'm going to show you how I don't agree with how you guys do television. It's d- You guys are doing this dumber than I want to do it. But having said that, he does this shit all the time. Because remember when he said... Uh, guys in the 80s played against plumbers and, and electricians and shit. He said that on first take. This isn't the first time J.J. Redick has said some out-of-pocket just Neanderthal sports take. So, like, stop acting like you're above it, J.J., because you do that shit, too. You're going to get clipped, and you're going to be wearing that shirt. <laughs> and he is not even going to clip the thumbnail. He's going to be like, what the f- is this? <laughs> Look at this guy. Look at what happened to him when he left ESPN. <laughs> Can you spare a dollar? Stugatz here for my friends over at Simply Safe. When you travel, do concerns back home nag you? Did you lock up? Did you leave a window open? That's why I recommend investing in Simply Safe Home Security today for award-winning security and peace of mind wherever your summer plans take you. I've had Simply Safe in my home for many years now. The peace of mind it gives me, especially during the summertime when I'm all over the place, is incredible because I know the things I care about, the things I value back home. I can always keep an eye on it using Simply Safe's indoor and outdoor cameras. So do me a favor. Before you head out on your next vacation, make sure to protect your whole home with Simply Safe's variety of indoor and outdoor cameras, plus add sensors to detect break-ins, fires, floods, and more. It's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day, no contracts to worry about, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. So right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash DLB. There's no safe like Simply Safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. 
The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com